Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin, doing a post-game pod for the Mavs' surprising win against the Golden State Warriors. Um, we'll get into that, plus um, you know a few other things going on around the league. Um, but we will start with uh, this Mavs-Golden State game. Uh, the, you know, the first thing... And we'll jump right into it. The first thing uh, that I think about with this game was how awful the first three quarters were. Um, you know, I Dwight Powell was just bad. He ended up with four rebounds and no points. You can't have a starter with no points. That's just, it's inefficient. Um, the fact that Bullock and Finney Smith um, got 12 and 14, you know, that's good. Brunson only ended with eight. Uh, you know, Luca was the one that had 34. He scored a lot, but his turnovers in the first half, the first quarter, the first half, and through for the whole game, um, I, I don't think he had a turnover in the fourth quarter so I believe the the nine that he had were from the uh, first three now he only had two assists so that assist to turnover ratio is pretty bad but in all fairness to him you know there were a lot of missed shots that I thought could have gone in uh, there were a few guys who just had bad games and the two Basically, centers were uh, part of that. Maxi and Dwight Powell just had really bad games. Now, Maxi was a plus two and the plus minus. Powell was a minus fifteen. But even you know, Maxi had six rebounds at least. But you know, he ended up with two points. He was zero for two on his threes. Just struggled at some point. I think in the fourth quarter. You know, when they made their big comeback, uh, it was a lot of it was basically Bertans was playing center. And that was what they went with. Now, he was two for six on his threes, not great. But the way I thought he played defense in that fourth quarter was really good. I, I He wasn't like, obviously, he's not a shutdown guy, but playing his first part of his career in San Antonio. You got to know how to play defense if you're going to play in San Antonio, and I think that's one of the things that you know helps helps him basically be sort of the defender he needs to be to, you know, survive in this league, right? But the fact that, you know, Powell only had 17 minutes and, you know, Maxi only ended up with 18. And not seeing them in the fourth quarter, you know, it, it was, I think it was sort of telling. You know, it's it's funny when my my brother, you know, he watches, you know, the national games and stuff. And Golden State's on TV all the time. He always makes fun of Looney. And talks about how bad of a player Looney is. But it's so funny when, <laughs> when players like that play Mavs. It just makes them look better. You know, he had he only had eight points. He had ten rebounds, three offensive. But it, it's just funny because it, it's 
you know, it's because we have Dwight Powell, and it's so frustrating. But to me, the player of the game, and it's pretty obvious to everybody, you know, it was Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, he was the reason they won this game. You know, the third quarter was a lot better than the first half, right? You know, the the sort of... Uh, and I'm trying to find the... the the actual quarter-by-quarter stats Um, because it was obvious, you know, the first half was just awful. And they ended up, believe it or not, they ended up winning the second quarter by one and they lost the third quarter by two. But it was that fourth quarter. um, You know, it was the first quarter where they got, you know, they... Golden State, Golden State got the big lead, and it, but it was the fourth quarter that Dallas won it, and uh, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty obvious, you know, Dinwiddie, and his play in the fourth quarter, that that was what won the game for him. Uh, you know, he ended up with five assists, he had four rebounds, he was ten for fourteen, he had a lot of drives to the basket. He was two for four on his threes, and it was just overall, it was a fantastic game. And it it goes to show, like, you can't judge a player based on how he's playing with a certain team, you know, because maybe that player's style of play doesn't fit with that scheme. You know, he was such a good player in Brooklyn, and obviously Washington is a different animal, and you, you know, I just, I want to see a player play in, you know, when you trade for a player, and, and it used to be, you know, what's funny, it used to be when, you know, Phoenix for a long time was just a bad team, and we'll get to them in a minute, but it would be, every time a, a player would leave Phoenix, I always wanted to see what, you know, how good they were, you know, could they survive on another team? Were they really an NBA player? Were they bad that bad of a player? And the same thing with Sacramento, you know, every time a player gets traded from Sacramento to somewhere, I want to see how they play, you know, are they, you know, Bielitsa is an example, you know, Bielitsa played Sacramento a long time, and I think he's a good player for Golden State. I'd like to have him on the Mavs, but, you know, he'd be our best big. He'd be our starting center, but I, you know, Dinwiddie. I think in the Mavs offense where there it's sort of a, a guard heavy offense, and it was you know it was the same way when Carlisle was here. You know it it seemed like when a when Dallas would bring in a guard who you know, was good at handling the ball, good at scoring. You know, they were always sort of successful. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. averaged 15 points a game or something like that his rookie year. That's not bad. That's pretty good. And to see him sort of struggle to even stay in the league, like, I, I think Portland waived him at this point. Um, he's free, like, I could see Dallas letting, you know, because I think Nilakina has a, a team option. I, I believe Nilakina is a free agent after this year. But I could see Dallas making some moves in the offseason, and it wouldn't shock me if they brought back Dennis Smith Jr. Because I, I think the way this team 
like this offense is run. If you're a guard and you can handle the ball, you're basically, you know, it's up to you to either drive in the basket and get a layup or kick out for a shot. That's the offense they run. And, um, you know, Dinwiddie, I, I think, is perfect for this team. And like I said, I, I know nobody in this, in the, obviously no management's ever going to say it or, you know, maybe next fall, but I think Dinwiddie's insurance if Brunson is expensive, you know. I, I think if a guy like Brunson, you know, asks for $20, $25 million and, you know, you're you're only paying Dinwiddie 18 which I never thought was a bad contract. I, I don't know why people thought it was. I thought he was a good player making a fair amount of money, you know. $18 is not bad. And I think he's going to end up being this team's second best player as the, you know, the season rolls down. I, I think Dinwiddie on the team is sort of going to take some touches away from Brunson. You know, Brunson only had nine shots. Um, Dinwiddie had 14 and Luke had 21. Um, Brunson didn't get, didn't get any free throws. Uh, Dinwiddie had four. He went two for four. Luca ended up with 12. He went 11 for 12 on his free throws, which... Pretty much, you know, as much as as much as those turnovers really killed him in the first half, his ability to make all those free throws really, I don't want to say makes up for him because nine turnovers is really tough to come back from. But, you know, it's, it's Golden State's a good defense. They're one of the best ones in the league, but... I thought he got in a lot of situations where he tried to make passes across the court and they were ready for him. They were intercepting him. He jumped and got in the air and he got in situations where he had to pass it and he was throwing it away. And it just, like I said, nine turnovers is a lot. I think he ended up getting a technical foul at some point. He was mad in the first quarter, second quarter. I think it was first quarter. I can't remember. At Maxi after a turnover. And it was like, and I was telling my wife i was like at some point he he's got to figure this out he these turnovers can't be like they are you, you can't have nine turnovers but at the end of the day they won this game and you know you just looking at the numbers you say oh luca was 10 for 21 47 that's pretty good it's not bad you know um Close to 50% for a non-center is good, I think. Um, 33% three-point percentage isn't terrible. It's not great, but it's decent. And, of course, 91% for the free throw line is really good. You know, 11 rebounds is really good. It's obviously the nine turnovers sticks out, but, you know, like I said, you got the win. Um, Dinwiddie, 71% field goal percentage, 50% from three. With 24 points, that, that's fantastic, you know. Uh, Josh Green actually contributed when during the comeback. Uh, I thought his defense was really good. I thought his cutting to the basket and getting the layups was exactly what he needs to do. Uh, he had six points. He was a plus 12. You know, Dinwiddie was the plus 17, and Bertans was a plus 15. 
You said Bertans was two for six on his threes with the 33%, which obviously isn't great. But, again, it was his defense. It was his ability to box out. You know, he didn't always get the rebounds. He only had three rebounds. But he was boxing out. And that's something that I feel like Dwight Powell struggles with. I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to pour on Powell. I don't want to pour on Powell this whole, you know, pod. But... You know, his game was so bad. And, you know, even Bullock frustrated me in the first quarter because I felt like Bullock was allowing layups. I, I It was almost as if he didn't want to pick up a foul. And I wasn't really sure what he was doing. But, you know, he he was one of the you know uh, minuses, you know, along with uh, Luca. You know, there was three minuses. It was Bullock, Powell, and uh, Luca. Luca was minus five. You know, once Luka came in in the fourth quarter, his play was where it needed to be. You know, he got to the basket. He got the layups. He, You know, he got the shots to fall. Um, I don't remember if he took any three-pointers in the fourth. He may have, but it wasn't very many. And it was the Luka that we needed to see all game. And luckily it was there in the fourth when they really, really needed it the most because they had gotten close. You know, those guys... It was a green and Dinwiddie, and I didn't think Brunson was on the floor during that run. And Finney Smith, I think, was as well. And it, you know they were a big part of that. So, like I said, it's a really good win. It's it's a tough loss for Golden State. You know, Golden State is they're missing some guys. Obviously, Thompson, Clay Thompson didn't play. He's sick. Igudala, I don't even know. He's old. He's not really that effective anymore. But Draymond is a big part of what they do. And James Wiseman is probably a better player than Looney. And I, I do think, though, once this team is fully healthy, I, I do think this that Golden State will be in a position to win it all. I, I do think they're a fantastic team. Dallas really needs a big... I said it in my last pod. They really got to get a big. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know who they can get in the offseason. Maybe maybe they can draft a guy. I don't know that a rookie is going to make that big of an impact that you need a rookie to make. So um, I believe ESPN had them taking a guard that's playing in the G League, uh, one of the guys that went to the G League instead of to college. I believe that's who ESPN has them taking in their first mock draft or whatever, but Dallas really needs a big that can play. I would love to see them draft an athletic big. Uh, You know, I think think there's probably a guy out there that they can get in the 20s that's sort of similar to Gafford that you can kind of mold into the guy you want him to be. Because I think Gafford would be the perfect big for this team. Um, his availability, I don't know what it is, but that's kind of the guy I think Dallas could use because he's a guy who can defend the rim, he can rebound, and he can catch lobs. And that I, I think that's what Dallas wants from their big. And, you know, Powell's good at catching lobs, but he can't defend and he can't rebound. And he can't protect the rim. And it's, I mean, it's a big, it's obviously, you know, it's blatant, so... 
it's it's one of the biggest reasons why he wasn't in there during the comeback. I mean, he never got hit to come back in because it, it, it was just obvious. So, anyhow, third, Tuesday is their next game, and that'll be against the Lakers. The Lakers are playing the Pelicans right now. I'm actually doing this pod after the game. Uh, you know, it's early enough that I can get this in. Um, so, uh, the, the Pelicans are up at the end of the first quarter, but it's just the first quarter. Um, I'm actually going to watch this until I fall asleep. But uh, uh, in other scores, uh, Phoenix lost again. You know, they played Utah, and I did watch a lot of this game. And I, it's interesting. I, I'm really curious to see how Phoenix goes these next, um, you know, few a few weeks, a few months, actually, six to eight weeks without Chris Paul. You know, they, they've they played their first two games out of the All-Star break, out of the All-Star break without him, and they've lost. And, you know, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's like they, like I said, they, they had a losing record for five years, and, you know, Chris Paul, when he was in Oklahoma City that first, that one year, I, you know, before the year started, I, I think a lot of people had Oklahoma City as one of the worst teams in the West because they just didn't have the roster. You know, they had Gilgis Alexander and they had Steven Adams, but, you know, they just had guys. And, you know, Chris Paul was there and they were the fifth seed, I, I think. They ended up number five. And it was just, it was one of those things that was, it was incredible to see, you know, Chris Paul was healthy. I guess he changed his diet and it was one of those things where you saw it and you're like, you know, and that's why I put him, you know, when I did my top 50, I put Chris Paul in there. I had to because the way he had that team playing night in and out, night out was incredible. And then he goes to a Phoenix team that really needs a guy exactly like Chris Paul and they go to the finals in the first year. I mean, this is a team that, had just had lottery picks for five straight years and all of a sudden they're in the finals and so now he's out for six to eight weeks and we're gonna see if you know how this team responds to that and so far they've lost their first two and i don't know if they're gonna how many they're gonna lose what it's gonna look like but it's very interesting to see and this was a perfect opportunity for golden state to sort of make up some games and they kind of blew it but you know that's you know, good for Dallas. They needed that win. They that loss against Utah was rough. They really had an opportunity to win that, but you know, Utah does defeat Phoenix in you know two win, two good wins in a row for them. So um, another sort of surprising loss was Boston, who had been on a run. They lost to the Pacers, and you know the Pacers are one of those teams that's trying to get a good draft pick. But, you know, they had, looking at the box scores, they had seven seven guys score in double figures. You know, they took that Jalen Smith from uh, Phoenix that uh, for, I believe, one of the Holiday brothers. And he had 10 rebounds, three offensive. He had 12 points. He was, you know, four for 10 is not great, but it looked like, he took five three pointers, which is funny, and he only made he made two of them. But you know, Halliburton had twenty two. Uh, 
Mal- Malcolm Brogdon actually played, which I didn't know that he was back. He had 20. Buddy Heald had 21. And I have to admit, I don't know who this Brissette character is on Indiana because I don't really talk about them that often. But, you know, he had... Uh, he ended up having 27 points and leading them in scoring. So kind of a crazy game for, uh, you know, Boston to sort of lose. But, uh, you know, 76ers played New York, and James Harden's first two games have pretty much been a success. Now, I didn't watch this game, but from what I understand, uh, the free throws were, it was the most foul calls in like the history of basketball is what somebody wrote. Uh, Philadelphia shot 44th free throws and New York shot 35. Um, that is a lot of free throws. Uh, one of the biggest difference, you know, the, the game was close. Eh, I mean, they won by 16. Philly did. I think it was close towards the end and then Philly ran away with it. But one of the biggest difference was free throw percentage. Philly shot at 88% and New York shot at 62%. You know, that's really going to hurt you if you're not making those free throws you're getting. But, you know, it's it was a rough game for Randall. Um, Barrett had a rough game, sort of. But, you know, 9 for 22 is not great. You know, I know the percentage is 40 and that's it. But, you know, James Harden had 29, 10, and 16 um, you know, that he had a triple-double, and he was 10 for 10 on his free throws. Joel Embiid shot 27 free throws, which was <laughs> which is a little comical. As a matter of fact, only four players for Philadelphia shot free throws. Out of all those 44, only four players shot them. You know, Harden made all of his, and Harris made all of his. And Maxie was two for three, but Joel Embiid had 27 free throws. But... Like I said, Harden's first two games so far, you know, so good for them. I, you know, I, I'm guessing Harden is, this is going to be hard when he's ready to leave a place. He's just going to come out, show up overweight and play sloppy until they trade him. So um, not really much else, you know, that Detroit beat uh, Charlotte. Charlotte's had a rough go at it for a while. They're two games under 500. Uh, Sadiq Bey actually had a really good game. He had been struggling for a while. But, you know, he came out at 28, which was good for him, you know, because, like I said, he's struggled since, like, this whole year. But um, the Clippers beat the Rockets, and the Clippers are a game over 500. So, you know, when you look at... You know, when you look at the sort of the standings, you know, the Mavs are still sitting at fifth. Denver is playing tonight. They are winning currently. They're playing, I I believe, uh, Portland. And they're up by 13, I I assume. They'll probably win this game. Jokic has a funny stat line right now. He's only got eight points, but he's got 16 rebounds and 10 assists. But... uh, they're still in the third quarter, but I, I just assume they'll win. But, you know, Dallas is still sitting there in fifth place. They will probably, when Denver wins, they'll be tied for that fifth spot. 
Utah winning. Obviously, they're, they're still in that fourth spot. Memphis won last night. I watched the end of that game. Chicago had an opportunity, and they sort of blew it. But, you know, they fell back. They fell down too far, and they, they had to make a comeback. But, like I said, you know, Phoenix has lost two. Golden State, they've just lost one in a row. But Golden State's only 5-5 five and five in the last 10, so they're playing um, sort of not great basketball right now. Um, the the Lakers really need to win tonight. They're playing the Pelicans. I, I don't think the Pelicans or Portland will catch L.A. I think at some point L.A. is going to figure it out. You know, they do have a tough game, or they do have a tough schedule the rest of the season, but they also play Dallas Tuesday, and hopefully, you know, Dallas can get that win. And it'll so, you know, that would hurt for L.A., especially if they lose tonight to New Orleans. If Dallas can go in and somehow get a win on Tuesday, that would really hurt them. But, uh, you know, Portland is still sitting in that 10 spot. Supposedly Lillard may come back. Some people believe they should just sit him for the rest of the year to get a better draft pick. But I just don't think they're really going to move from their spot. I think that's that's where they're going to be. I don't think Lillard's gonna. I, I think Lillard's gonna help them, but I, I don't think all of a sudden they're gonna go off and go on like a ten-game win streak. I, I don't think they're that good of a team. So whether Lillard plays or not, I, I don't think it matters. Um, as far as the East is concerned, you know, I think those ten teams that are sitting there right now are gonna be the ten in the playoffs. Now Washington is the one team that I think that could take you know, have a shot to make it. But Porzingis has to play, and Porzingis has to play well. I'm curious as to how their offense is going to run with Porzingis. I, I just, I can't wait to see it. Um, unfortunately, he's still yet to play, so we won't know. But they're only two games behind Charlotte and Atlanta. Now, Atlanta has 31 losses, where Charlotte has 32. Atlanta still needs to make up some games, I think. So, But Atlanta still is sitting there two games under 500, along with Charlotte. And then Brooklyn, they got a big win last night against Milwaukee. I watched that game. Kyrie was really good. There may be some rule changes or some law changes in New York, and he might get to play full-time. Supposedly, Kevin Durant's going to come back within the next couple games. Um, they they say he's not playing the next game, and I think when I had heard, he they said he was going to come back one of the first three games coming out of All Star break. So if he's not playing, you know, if he didn't play Saturday night, and he's not playing their next game. He does that mean he's playing the game after that? I don't know, but he's going to be playing for them soon, and. Like getting Kevin Durant in its own is obviously you're bringing in a superstar player. If you can get him and Kyrie playing now, Simmons supposedly has some back soreness from you know trying to ramp up his uh, play, so he may not play for a while. I, it might be he might be off uh, till heck mid March for all we know. 
Uh, some people probably believe he's trying to dodge the Philly game because they do play in Philly. And I think in the next several games, it is some it is sometime in March. Uh, in the first half of March, I don't know exactly when, but you know, Philly is on a win streak, and Miami's on a win streak. Uh, you know, Cleveland, you know, they've only won one in a row. I'm not going to call it a win streak, but. I, I think those 10 teams are it. You know, I, I don't know if Washington's going to have enough, but you, you never know with the way Charlotte's playing, as bad as they're playing. You know, Charlotte's 2-8 and eight in their last 10, where Washington is 4-6. and six. You know, you kind of put that math together over 20 games, that, you know, that's good enough to make up two games. So it's a possibility. Um, as far as guys coming back, Markel Fultz is going to come back for Orlando and play on Monday. Uh, I'm curious to see how good he plays. Um, Orlando's still a bad team. I think best-case scenario, Fultz plays well for them, and they're able to find somebody who's willing to trade for him. Uh, You know, maybe they want to keep him. I don't know. I, I think they've got plenty of guards, but, you know, maybe Fultz is better than what they got. Maybe they want to keep him. I don't know. But uh, it's sort of a side story since Orlando does have the worst record in the league. So, you know, I'm just curious. I I like to see, you know, I don't like to see some of these guys fail. I I like to see them succeed, and, you know, I'd like to see Fultz succeed. So, um, now Isaac is the next one that needs to come back and play at some point. You know, it's like a Wiseman. You know, is Wiseman ever going to come back and play? You know, I'd like to see. And Zion's another one. So Zion's probably not going to play the rest of the year. But I, I still am so interested to see what happens with the Clippers. I'm so intrigued with the possibility of both George and Kawhi playing. I, I don't think Kawhi will play, but I know George will. I think George will come back and play in the next few weeks. He'll be back. Um, Kawhi, though, I, I haven't heard anything, but I just I think it would be so interesting because I, I honestly think they're good enough to go to the finals if they're healthy. I just I think having two all-star players could you know back playing with the team that's got a bunch of guys playing. You know, one game over five hundred. I, I, you know, they're they're playing good basketball considering how just average the players are on their team. And I think adding two All Star caliber players, one of them being a top seventy five guy. You know, he was over in the All Star weekend, top seventy five guy. So I, I'm just curious to see what happens with that. You know, Murray also Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets. You know, how's that gonna go? You know, how is he gonna play? How much is he gonna contribute? I don't know. We'll see. So, anyhow, next game for the Mavs, like I said, is Tuesday. You know, they they play the Lakers. It'll be um, important for both teams. You know, Dallas really needs to win to stay sort of ahead of Denver. Lakers really need to win to not fall out of the um, play-in tournament, you know, I don't think they will, but you get you get some losses in a row, and it's tough. And then Dallas plays Golden State again at home on Thursday. So, 
man. It's a tough stretch for Dallas coming out of the All-Star break. And um, hopefully they can survive. Um, they play Sacramento on Saturday night. And hopefully that's a game they can you know, win and sort of give them a break from the gauntlet. You know, then they have a game against Utah again because obviously they haven't played them enough. You know, then they play the Knicks um, and then the Rockets. So there's some tough ones in there. There's some ones they should win and hopefully... Um, hopefully they, they can win some of these tough ones, you know, like they did, uh, tonight, you know, but I'm going to go ahead and end it there. Uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs outsider. And if you, uh, could rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast, I'd appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see you later.